Hello, hello, and welcome to the good shit. I really didn't want to have to make this episode. I know I don't have to, obviously. But I wanted to want to do it. It mostly covers things that are in the past, but I guess they're in some way still connected to the present. So that makes it quite uncomfortable to think about. But I think it's inevitable that I'm going to have to address it. You know, sooner rather than later is probably the way to go about it. I've talked about what's in my plans, but in a more, I don't know, relatively self-conserved point of view. Um, You know, why is sex such a stirring topic? It's not quite the same as just talking about masturbating. It's kind of a different level because the concept of touching yourself because it feels good is is pretty basic. It's not that big of a deal. It's um, pretty banal and mundane, except for some, you know, religious cults where it where it isn't. But mostly, it's fairly boring. I think it's sex that is the, the, the you know the the star of the show and kids try to find out what it means because adults you know lie about it and, and try to hide it like it's some sort of thing that they they, sh- they shouldn't know about and and then they find out and they find out that there are these body parts that do certain things but that doesn't really explain what sex is because that's not really what sex is and that's not why it's such a big deal um it's the exchange that makes it such a big deal the the exchange you know what is exchanged who knows power fluids love hate debt Fear, that's what makes it such a big deal. It can either serve to create an imbalance between people or to redress an imbalance between people. But it's never a zero-sum game. It's always shifting. That's why it's so compelling. It's a bit like, I owe you 10 quid, but I give you 15. All of a sudden, I've given you five extra. So now you kind of owe me five quid, and then you give me two quid, but then you still owe me three quid, so then you give me five quid, but then you've given me two quid too much. And it's this that is the bond. This constant dynamic of having to 
balance the books. If you balanced it perfectly, it would end then and there. I owe you 10 quid, I've given you 10 quid, that's the end of that. That's not a bond, that's a transaction. It's a clean thing. It has to keep, it has to be a constant state of imbalance that is always moving to be perpetuated. And that's what life is. Perpetuating and perpetuating and perpetuating, never quite drawing the line, not quite having a bottom line, but always, you know, keeps it keeps going. And... Um, I guess our experiences are somewhat inherited from our parents. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have the most amazing inherited sexual karma, if you want to call it that. Um, sex is a very big thing. It's it's It really isn't about genitals and reproduction. It's about... Um, exchanges and it 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 extends into um value and judgment and life and death at the end of the day so it has strong ramifications into self-esteem and relationships and love um, and emotions so as a kid you don't really need to be involved with the actual sex itself to be to receive certain messages about it indirectly through relationships and what people value and what is allowed and what is not allowed uh, and what is encouraged and what is dis and what is discouraged so, you know, the archetype of role models that parents are supposed to be for their children, especially in, in a gendered sense of being the right kind of mother as a female role model and the right kind of father as a male role model. Um, it really comes into play in this topic, I think, because... You need, you would have to, you know, if it is at all possible to be a perfect role model for your children, uh, you would need to have a very solid self-esteem, which a lot of people don't have. So it's difficult to talk about sex and to live your own identity and sexuality um, as a parent if you have your own issues. You're simply going to get triggered by your own children. Um and not really be able to show to them what they're supposed to do with their feelings, what they're supposed to do with their urges, what they're supposed to do with their identity. Uh, I remember at kindergarten, the, uh, just an example of not even just private, mm, a, a, bad, a bad example from an adult to a child, but, but in a very public setting, which I'm sure nowadays would not be allowed but this happened then um we had these fold-out beds that we would take afternoon naps in um and there was this kid next to me and then we took the nap we woke up and then the teacher noticed that the kid next to me wet himself 
and what she said was you better not do this again um or else i will cut your penis off two things first of all how can you, how can you even think that that is an appropriate thing to say second of all it's just plain stupid because you can still pee if your penis is cut off you know i i i can't tolerate uh, meanness or stupidity but when they come together and synergize in mean stupidity <laughs> it is something else it is another level of are you freaking serious anyway this this woman's relationship with her own sexuality um that clearly had some sort of an issue dealing and relating with genitals which to be honest peeing shouldn't really have anything to do with genitals because it's a separate function but clearly she made it about genitals even when it's not relevant and cutting a penis off does not change peeing yourself i'm pretty sure it would make you pee yourself more <laughs> just because you've just been uh, traumatized uh but never mind that so she took she took out whatever issue she was having uh onto a very young child who was in distress and already embarrassed um by the situation and and just made it into something more um i think there was you know the same documentary that i mentioned before on circumcision had a few stories around um how the experiences even when you're a baby and you don't remember can get connected in your brain with certain emotions that later on come up and you don't even know why i think someone said um that she was witnessing a circumcision where um they kind of they rubbed this thing on the baby's penis and it got erect and that would have felt pleasurable but then it was immediately followed by the cutting that would have been very painful so this connection of pleasure and pain and you know now that that teacher created this connection between humiliation and genitals just generally speaking and that's obviously a huge thing just generally i mean you know you have to cover your genitals why do you have to cover your genitals you know there's probably a difference between a relatively harmless superficial behavior of being civil and the more harmful um under underlying message of shame that is connected inherently with sexuality and inherently with yourself personally on a personal level so i wanted to um just touch on my experiences having sex essentially and again i'm thinking really this seems like the sort of thing one would regret but at the end of the day it's all pretty much in the past and i just i don't really even identify with 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 those experiences anymore i was i was a totally different person so it's almost like talking about someone else completely but the connection with with my parents was that um 
they didn't have the most, the healthiest sexuality and self-esteem in themselves. So their response to us and our bodies and our desires and our opinions and our behaviors and our relationships was quite dismissive and shame shaming um and it just seemed like that was some sort of a reality and only now are we able to look back on it and think well no actually that wasn't quite healthy and it happened because our parents themselves had these issues that they were not aware of or not really solving and simply pass them on to us um when children learn that sex is a prescription without any understanding of actually what is going on because the adults haven't quite figured it out themselves it leads them to to see it in a certain way that isn't really helpful or isn't even accurate or true so these vague feelings around what you want to do and with whom and why and how can be still um enshrouded in darkness really and if you don't think that this is something that you should be part of on a personal level then you basically end up doing things almost as if the gaze of your judgmental parents is in the corner watching you you know whether it's the parents or society or whoever and that's not really what it's about um there's a very strange relationship between the sexual energy that is kind of inherently hidden and private and this concept of this public gaze where you're supposed to look a certain way and do things a certain way and they're supposed to be done in a specific manner that is desirable and okay you know disabled people shouldn't have sex and fat people shouldn't have sex and how do lesbians even have sex and all of these things that take away from the actual meaning of that intimacy whatever it whatever it may be and force it through the lens of something that a may not even apply to people anyway b is not what it seems anyway, you know? Um, I think that construct of sex is, um, has got plenty of reasons to be deconstructed, even for heterosexual cis people. Um, it's not even that, oh, well, these minorities fail to meet these requirements it's actually, I think everyone pretty much fails to meet the requirements because the construct of that is very specific and 
doesn't really apply to most people, I don't think, because it is based on some extremely old, purely instinctual and emotional circumstances that cannot really translate to a civilized environment. That's why people have these issues around, oh, I fantasize about being raped or raping someone and is this a problem and I fantasize about cheating or about incest or about, you know, why, you know, why, why do I have these thoughts and is this normal and why do I not get turned on unless there's some sort of extreme fantasy or porn or whatever and there, you know, there you go. It's that, it's that scenario of if you're just being simple and, you know, paying your debt of £10 is not that exciting but if you if you give someone twelve pounds and they have to come back to you to give you three and then you have to go back to them to give you know it, it's something to keep that dynamic going. Sex, sex cannot exist as a simple fair transaction because then it ends and it can't keep going. So you can see how these sexual behaviors um, are stretch out not just between individuals but stretch out over generations where young women are attracted to old men who are attracted to young women and then uh you know the old men are 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 more attractive because they've got all these cool things going on because when they were young they were rejected by the women that were the mothers of these younger women at present and it's a sort of intergenerational conflict where uh all these demographics are kind of at each other's throats and uh, the older women are cheated on and, you know, by, you know, by the younger women and then the younger women are, you know, there's all these intergenerational conflicts and the older men are bitter because they were treated like shit when they were young. So now they're going to abuse these young women and uh, the young women are going to get something out of it and essentially backstab the older woman that, you know, let's say was married to the older man, etc. Um, and I think that colors, in an indirect way, it colors people's relationships in their family and how, how parents treat their children when they are going through a sexual expression, uh, how mothers treat their um, daughters and, you know, what what behaviors are indirectly and directly communicated to them um if if you see the sort of betrayal that goes on and and ultimately who gets what out of it because whether you like it or not there are certain things that you inevitably realize you see that you know this this person was left with uh, this money or that person um had an, an another family with someone else and you know how happy they are and how miserable they are really kind of tells you really how you should view yourself and how you should behave i think there's there was this movie about you know this guy who was basically just you know his father cheated on his mother like loads of times and he was basically doing the same thing so these things just kind of um go around in circles So, youth is wasted. Youth is wasted on the young. Yeah, I think it's definitely true. Um, 
obviously my sexual experience was almost entirely in the frame of being a lesbian so in between the you know how do lesbians have sex and trying to fit some sort of a image of what your what sex is supposed to be <coughs> you sort of find that what you are into doesn't match that picture of what sex is expected to be it's almost like you're having sex for others you're not having sex for yourself and and whatever and and whatever does match that expectation from other people maybe is not really what you're into maybe it's not really what you like um and for me you know it, it was always a a weird relationship of feeling powerless and just kind of needing the other person to figure things out for me um you know as a trans guy the behavior that leads up to and including the sex that i would be having doesn't actually exist it's just it just doesn't exist <laughs> um Every, everything that comes back from um, foreplay, flirting, you know, this concept of building this fluff around a specific focus that you're trying, a specific point you're trying to get to. You know, if that point doesn't exist, then nothing else around it exists either. And it's just this vacuum of nothingness. And I don't know if I can really navigate it on my own. I'm sort of hoping to meet people who can who have it a little bit more figured out and who can um, take away some of this hard work that I need to do and make it a little bit easier for me. Because I I don't really think I can do it myself on my own. And, you know, I guess that goes back to the first point of sex is about uh, someone else and, and not doing it on your own. So um, it's, you know, it's, it, it is quite difficult because I think... Um, there is this set gendered expectation of a sexual um, exchange and the male side of it is something that is giving. So for me, you know, I feel like despite, uh, you know, I, I keep saying um, inside joke, um, I've got a degree in lesbian sex. <laughs> despite uh knowing rationally that you know it's not it's it really is i think we think it's about the other person but it isn't you know for me it's not about oh is this person going to enjoy themselves you know yes i know how to make them enjoy themselves and i know 100% that i can make them enjoy themselves and i have no issues about that at all really for me it's about my ability to enjoy myself on my own terms and I think feeling like I can't do that and feeling like um it's not the other person's fault and there's nothing that can be done to help it because my personal sense of expression is tied into my physical body and if I have an issue with a part of my body 
that interferes with the progression of that behavior, ultimately, I can't really do anything about that. Um, so it just it just puts into question everything else. I feel like I'm not really a fan of the kind of sex that I was having before. I think a lot of people probably aren't. Um, there's the the only way the sex is actually good um unless you are extremely physically driven and it is it is just sex and there are loads of people who literally just have sex as a physical thing there's nothing else to it but i think for a lot of people it isn't just that and there is a there is a need for even if you're not into that person for them to be into you for you to feel truly satisfied because you need to feel like you've got something from that person and um or that you're receiving something from that person i, I feel like you know for me when if sex is just this transactional thing where i touch you and you touch me there's just there's nothing interesting about that there needs to be um uh, a, an unequal exchange not necessarily just once but multiple times but that driving sense of imbalance that keeps it going further um, for it to feel real and for it to feel enjoyable um, I, I don't need a person to just make my body feel good because they're not going to make it feel any better than I can make it myself um, so that doesn't really make any sense and the turn off of these this actual real person uh bringing themselves to me where i don't like them and i'm not attracted to them and i'm not interested in them um can very easily outweigh any pleasure that they might objectively physically give to me so that's really the difficulty there I'll probably continue this in another, in, 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 in another episode because um, uh, there's probably some more interesting tidbits that, uh, I don't know, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. And uh, see you next time. Remember to give me a rating. I'm literally begging for it at this point. Seriously. <laughs>